Uh, so Psalm chapter 121, and uh, we're going to continue in this sermon series called Prayers to Live By, and this is how the song goes. It says, a song of ascents, I lift my eyes to the mountains, from where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. He does not let your foot stumble. Your guard does not slumber. Look, he does not slumber, nor does he sleep, Israel's guard. The Lord is your guard. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. By day the night does not strike you, nor the moon by night. The Lord guards you from all harm. He guards your life, and the Lord guards your going and your coming now and forevermore. And today I want to talk to you from this very simple prayer of help. Somebody say help. A very simple prayer, it seems like, on the surface, but I think there's more happening beneath. You see, as we've been talking about this idea of prayer, what we realize is that prayer is not simply communication with God. Though it is communication with God, it is talking with God, prayer is also communion with God. It is sitting in His presence, it is being with Him, and simply allowing Him to bless you with all of who He is. And as we look at the Psalms, what we see is that immersion is the pathway to transformation. That what we see is that simply it's not about trying to do harder, it's not about working your way into it, but it's simply this, that as we read the psalm, as we immerse ourselves in it, what we will find is our immersion leads to our transformation. That as we are with the Lord, experiencing Him in new ways, that we will become a different kind of people before Him. What we've said is that what we gaze upon, we grow into. Now I hope that keeps you up at night in some sense, because uh, for Holly and I, we have some, some nights where I, you know, we get up at night lively. She's a year old now, and so she's getting older. But there are nights where she gets up and where there's sleepless nights. And what I realize is, man, what I spend my nights thinking about, what I spend my days thinking about, that is the kind of person I am becoming. For some of us, we should shake in our shoes right now because some of us, we look back maybe on the past week, and as we imagine our lives, almost like um, I got the, the weekly screen time report on my iPhone. It's the, you know, moment everyone fears to see what you're looking at. And if you were to think about your life and what you think about throughout the week and you look at your bar chart of this is how much time you gave to fear, this is how much time you gave to worry, this is how much time you gave to jealousy, this is how much time you gave to social media. If you were to look at the bar chart of what you think about, what is happening is God is inviting us into this new way of thinking, of immersing ourselves in who he is, because what we gaze upon is what we grow into. And so the psalmist begins to give us this new kind of conversation in life. I'm reading a book called The Confessions of St. Augustine, and what really strikes me in the, the year 400-500 is that it's the longest prayer. It's literally one long prayer, about 300 pages long. And through every single part of his prayer, you can tell it's all scripture over and over again because you can tell what he's been gazing on. Now, the idea of the prayer for help feels like it can be an easy prayer. But if I can be honest with you, if I can unmask for a second, you know, I know that sometimes you think that you come in and the pastor has it all together, the pastor has it all figured out. Sometimes we do a good job of making it look like that, right? Like we get up here and we pretend like we have everything together. But for me, the prayer for help is a mixed bag. Because I look back at my life. And there are some prayers that was a cry for help, and I say, I see how God came through on that. And those are the prayers that we're excited about. Those are the prayers that we want to share. Those are the prayers that we're like, I get it. 
But does anybody feel that on the other side there's a struggle? That maybe there are some prayers that you prayed, and you prayed in faith, and you prayed believing it, and you prayed wanting it, and yet, somewhere in the cry for help, you wonder where God was. You see, I'm not much for just kind of coming up with churchy language and saying that, you know, it's all going to be good and everything's going to be fine. Every time that you pray this prayer for help, God's going to come through on this, you know, white horse every time. There are moments where we pray the prayer and where we wonder, God, what happened? Were you asleep? I know that sometimes it feels that way, that like, God, God, you took your break. You took your 15, right? You took his 15, walked away. And of course, 15 minutes in God years is like, I don't know, 100 years, right? It's 100 years. He walks away and he comes back. And, and all of a sudden, he's like, what happened? God, what happened? What happened when I prayed for my marriage to be reconciled? And I don't know what happened because I prayed and I meant it, and yet it didn't seem to come the way that it was supposed to. God, what happened when I prayed for that? Uh, there, there's a, a friend of ours that, that has a, a small baby just born, just weeks old. He's already into one heart surgery. They have to go in for a second heart surgery. And they have to go back in for another heart surgery within six months. And they're wondering, God, what is happening in this moment? And you're reading their Facebook posts and you say this, listen, just simply saying God's going to show up. And, you know, sometimes he says slow and sometimes he says no and sometimes he says go. You say, listen, those answers don't cut it. I need to show up to a space where I can say, listen, I need prayer for something and I'm struggling and I don't know how to make it through. And just simply coming alongside of me and saying, oh, brother, sister, God's got a plan, just isn't making it. And so for me, I always come to the prayer for help. As I'm a pastor and I sit by people's bedsides before they pass away. As I come and as I look at a wall, as we come in for prayer and there's a wall with prayer request tags on them and I cry out for each one of you who has a, a family member who doesn't know the Lord. And I say, Lord, what are you doing? And the cry for help is maybe different than what we anticipated. The answer is maybe different than what we thought. But every step along the journey, the psalmist journeys with us that they don't just give you a pat answer. They don't just simply say, well, everything's going to be fine. Just keep having faith. You know, if you had more faith, then God would come through. No, no, no. The psalmist walks with you through the journey, and they come before you, and they simply say, I don't get it either sometimes. And all of a sudden, the prayer for help goes from God's going to come through on a white horse to saying, really, what does it look like for us to struggle in our humanity and saying, God, what are you doing right now? I think that sometimes um, an illustration begins to give us maybe a little bit of a picture of what's happening. And so in, in the early 1800s, 1859, there was a man whose name was Charles Blondin. And in front of a crowd of 25,000 people, he looked across the spans of Niagara Falls. And on the one side, there was Canada. On the other side, there's America. And in between is chaos. And so Charles says, listen, I'm going to be the first person to walk this tightrope. It was literally a rope made out of hemp, 
And so he's walking on this two-inch-thick hemp rope, and he has in his hands this 20-foot, six, uh, this 26-foot-long pole that weighs almost 50 pounds. And as he walks across, what we see is he actually makes it from one side to the other, stops midway through for a little glass of wine that he pulls up on a rope from below. And so he stops through on this rope, and people are, are betting on him, wondering if he's going to make it from one side to the other. Now, in that moment that he makes it, there are people who are looking at him and saying, man, I had faith he could do it the whole time. I knew he could do it. I had faith in him. And there's this beautiful picture of faith, 100% absolutely. But here's the moment of trust. It's his manager, Harry. Harry comes alongside, and Harry jumps on his back. And now not only is it just Charles, but now he's carrying Harry across the tightrope. And it's not until the moment that Harry is on Charles's back partway through that he can truly say, I have trust. Faith is saying this. Faith is saying, I believe he can do it. Trust is saying, and I'm there to see him do it. And I'm there putting all of myself upon him, trusting that he's actually going to bring me from one side to the other. And for some of us, we need to know today that we have faith 100% that God can bring healing. We have faith that God can bring goodness. We have faith that God can bring restoration. But it's not until we actually say, listen, I'm jumping on God's back and wherever he goes, I go. I'm trusting in him that we truly begin to understand what the psalmist is talking about, that it's more than just simply a pat answer. It's saying all of your being is in God in that same way that as he was going over a tightrope over the Niagara Falls waters, that all of his trust was in this man. And so as we come to the Psalms, what we begin to see is this idea of not only faith that God can do it, but trust to say, I'm willing to put all of myself in the one who will bring me across. And what really matters is that I am with the one who can do it. And so here's the idea from our psalm today. It's this, that help is not guaranteed by the specific outcome, but by the divine presence. That help is not guaranteed, is, is guaranteed not by the specific outcome, but by the divine presence. Psalms invites us into a year where surely there will be people among us in 2022 that there are going to be things that happen that we didn't expect. There are going to be things that happen that we are going to be struggling through, that we need men and women to come alongside of us and not simply give us some sort of churchy, Christiany answer, but to come alongside of us and maybe just sit with us in that moment and simply be a living presence of saying, listen, as I'm sitting with you in this moment, so is the divine presence. Because as the body of Christ, where you are, so Christ is. And there are going to be moments this year where you need to rely on that moment where you look and you say, listen, help is not a guaranteed outcome. It is the divine presence who is journeying with me through a difficult moment. As we saw from last week, that the Psalms are in the struggle. The Psalms are in a moment of last week we saw in wilderness. And in this week, here's the setting for the Psalm in verse 1. It says this, I lift my eyes to the mountains. From where will my help come from? And so we begin to see this idea that the mountains were actually a place where there would oftentimes be robbers. It was a dangerous place. And, and there are different ideas about where this psalm is being written as a song of ascent that many people believe that it was written on the, on the pilgrimage to Jerusalem. That as you were going to visit God in the holy temple, that you would be singing this song. And so they're going through the mountains waiting for God to, to show up and waiting for them to see him. And it's on the journey 
It's in the difficulty that you begin to see the psalmist write these words, which is a great reminder for us that God doesn't just always show up in sunshine and rainbows and butterflies and unicorns, but it's in the real life that God shows up in the mountain when you're on the journey and you're wondering, where will my help come from? That's not a cute line, literally saying, where's my help going to come from? And in verse two, he says this, my help is from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And so what happens is, is it, here's, here's what happens, is in many of our lives, what we do is we look at the mountains and we see the mountains in front of us. And I want to encourage us with this moment. I want to encourage you with this phrase, lift your eyes a little higher. Because what he does, he simply does this. He's looking at the mountains and as he's looking at the mountain, what does he do? But he lifts his eyes a little higher and he says, listen, I see the trouble in front of me. I see the struggle in front of me. And what I'm going to do is I see it. But in that moment, I'm going to lift my eyes a little higher and I'm going to see that God is where my help comes from. And I want you to know this, this year, that there are going to be some of us who struggle with depression. And I want to tell you in the midst of your depression, lift your eyes a little higher. There's going to be some of us who struggle with anxiety and in the anxiety, I want I want to encourage you, lift your eyes a little higher. There are going to be some of us who are saying, I don't know how my marriage is going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to make it through this health concern. I don't know how I'm going to make it through this season. And it's going to be this one line that we come back to to say, lift your eyes a little higher. That yes, you see the mountain in front of you, but do you see the God who made the mountains? As we look at Jesus with the disciples, there's a moment that there is a tremendous storm as they're on a lake. And in the midst of that storm, Jesus is asleep in the boat. And the disciples are worried, but Jesus is not. Why? Because Jesus lifted his eyes a little higher. And in that moment, what the disciples didn't realize is, yes, there might be mountains, but the very Son of God is in their boat. And what we need to recognize and realize sometimes in our life is as we are crying for help, that more than just saying, listen, I need the sea to be still or I need the mountains to go away. It's to just simply say, listen, it doesn't matter what the sea is doing around me. I know who's in my boat. It doesn't matter what mountains are in front of me. I'm going to lift my eyes a little higher because I know that there's a God who made those mountains. And so the psalmist encourages us in that to say, I lift my eyes to the mountains from where will my help come from? My help is from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. This idea of help is easier in the Hebrew. In the Greek, it's parakletos, which for those of you who have done some biblical study before, what you'll find is in the Greek, who is the Holy Spirit called in the Gospel of John, but the helper. And so I love that what we recognize is in the Hebrew Bible, in the Old Testament before Jesus, they needed to go somewhere to engage with the presence of God. But for each one of us, what is the beautiful message is that in every moment, there is a helper who is right there alongside of you. That no matter what you're going through, you already know where your help is coming from, from the divine presence. So today, three comforts of the divine presence I want us to explore. Three comforts that come from this passage, and I stole these. Uh, I don't know if I stole them. Now I'm giving credit, so they're not stolen, from Warren Wearsby. And so he uh, had ways of saying it that I just couldn't quite put it. And so I stole some of his points and put them in my sermon. So I'm crediting you, dead Warren, for your work. Uh, <laughs> verse 3 says this. He does not let your foot stumble. Your God does not slumber. 
Look, he does not slumber, nor does he sleep Israel's guard. And the first point of this is divine comfort, is my father's eyes are upon me. Over and over in this passage, what we find is that there's this idea of God guarding you, God keeping you, God being alongside of you. And so in the midst of whatever you're going through, what the psalmist wants to encourage you with is that his father's eyes are always upon him. And in that same way, your father's eyes are always upon you. Now, simply because he is there doesn't mean that you always see it. I always like this idea because um, Holly and I, we have a video uh, feed to Lively's room. And so she'll be asleep and she'll, she'll begin to get up and she'll look around and she won't see us but we'll see her. She won't know that we're there, but we know that we see her. She won't know that we're going to be there in any moment that she needs us, and yet we always know it. Can I tell you today that even though you don't see God in some of your darkest moments doesn't mean that your father is not watching over you, but even in those moments, God does not sleep. He does not slumber. He is there to guard you. He's got his nanny cam going on to your life, and he knows exactly what's happening. And so there is divine comfort to know that God's eyes are on you, and whatever you're going through, you're not going through it without a God who is not there alongside of you, but he is there alongside you every step of the way. And it's this idea of to keep actually comes back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, where Adam is tending the garden. And it says that it is given the garden to keep, to guard over it. And in that same way that Adam was tending the garden, so God is tending to you. And it might feel like there are seasons of pruning. It might feel like there are seasons of difficulty. It might seem like there are seasons of struggle, but God is tending to his children. And so the first idea from this of divine providence and, and God's divine presence is that my father's eyes are always upon me. The second point is this, the Lord is your guard. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. By day, the sun does not strike you, nor the moon by night. Where is, where is God? He's at the what hand? Right hand. For you who are left-handed, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, the right hand is God's hand. So, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. The Lord is your God. He's always at your right hand. The second point is this. My Father's presence is beside me. My Father's presence is beside me. And here's what I know is as you look back through your life, you will not stop and be able to pause without seeing God's fingerprints all through your life that he's saying, listen, even when you were going through your dark moment, I was forming you to become my child. Even in that season where it seemed like you didn't have enough, I was forming in you a heart that wasn't consumed by the things that you felt like you needed at the time. Even in the moment when you were in struggle, I was crafting you to be somebody who relies on me because his presence was always beside me. I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful that I get to come to scripture and I get to see people like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that even when they're in the fire, who's right alongside of them? Right alongside of them. Some of you were weak on that one. You were like, I, it, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, uh, God, I don't, I'm not really sure. God's right alongside of them. I love that we have Daniel, that even though he was in the lion's den, who was alongside of him? God was right alongside of him. I love that Joseph might have been in prison, but in prison, who was right alongside of him? 
And so it doesn't matter if you go through the fire. It doesn't matter if you go through the prison. It doesn't matter if you go through the lion's den. The beautiful news as we look through scripture is not where you are. It's not about your location. It's about who's right beside you, no matter your location. And so you can make it through whatever's going in front of you in 2022 because you know who's going to be beside you the whole time. My father's presence is beside me. Lastly, in verses 7 and 8, the Lord guards you from all harm. He guards your life, and the Lord guards your going and your coming now and forevermore. The last one is this, my Father's presence draws me. You see, I want you to see this on two planes as we talk about the psalm. The first plane is this. The first plane is that we see in a vertical way, that the psalmist says, where does my help come from? And what does he do? He looks up. My help comes from the Lord. What is that? Vertical. In this next part, what we see is that the Lord guards your going and your coming now and forevermore. And now we have horizontal. You see, sometimes we think that we're being formed by our past. Because oftentimes that's how we understand it. We say, well, listen, who am I? I'm the decisions that I've made up until this point. Can I tell you you've got it wrong? I know that's how humanity thinks that that's how we're formed. But here's what happens when we become a Christian. Now when we become a Christian, it's not our past that is now drawing us into who we are in our present. Now what we have is God in the future, and he's drawing us from the present into the future. Now that's how he can say to you, listen, you are a new creation. That's how he can say, I'm making all things new. That's how he can say, you are becoming who he's already made you to be. Because he's not looking at your past saying he's trying to fix it. He's already in your future saying, I'm drawing you into the future, into who I'm calling you to be. And so that's why we can know that our God guards us, whether now or forevermore. He's pulling us in the horizontal into a new future and we know that God is not worried about the future he's already there pulling us into it and so we see the father's presence draws me that you think I think that for one second that God is just like in the present with me and that depending on what decisions I make man I give myself way too much power I give myself way too much sovereignty if I think I'm the one creating history no 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 God is already in the future drawing me into his future that he's creating and if we just simply rest in that we can say God's presence draws me And if we just simply go with the drawing presence of God, then we will turn into who he's calling us to be. Then tomorrow you'll have a greater longing in your soul because you'll say, listen, he's drawing me into being a new creation. He's drawing me. He's he's compelling me to be somebody who lives as compassionate. He's compelling me to be somebody who's full of grace. He's compelling me to look outside of myself for one second so I see somebody else who's in the struggle and I sit alongside of them and I'm just there. Not because I'm forming my future, but because God is drawing me into his. And so God's presence draws me. And we have a response to this as we look at the threefold way that we get to experience the divine presence, the three comforts as we recognize that God is working. And as we see this idea that there isn't a guaranteed outcome, but the divine presence, that there is an element of faith where we simply say, God, I know that you can heal. God, I know that my friend's baby who is struggling right now, I know you can do it. I know that for some of you who have loved ones who don't know Jesus, I know that he can do it. And that's faith. God calls us to faith. But then there's trust, where we say, I trust in the divine presence more than anything else. 
as these two gentlemen were going across the line, as Charles and Harry were going across the line, he was overheard saying to his manager, look up, Harry. You are no longer Colcord, which is his last name. You are Bolden, who was Charles's name. He said, look up, Harry. You are no longer Harry. You are Charles. Until I clear this place, be a part of me, mind, body, and soul. If I sway, sway with me. Do not attempt to do any balancing yourself. And if you do, we will both go to our death. And so we see this picture of them carrying across each other. And I want to encourage you today, as you pray this prayer of health, may we cling to the Lord and to his presence, mind, body, and soul. May we pray the prayer of help. Let us not try to do anything ourselves, for to do it ourselves would mean death. But as God sways, as God moves, as God guides us and leads us, may we just simply say, Lord, wherever you go, I want to be there. Because the truth is that there's not one good answer to the reason why there's suffering in the world. To simply say, well, listen, God had this great plan and like there's this big mosaic and whatever that might be. It's just not a good enough answer. But in the midst of the moment, the answer that the psalmist gives us is God is right there with you every step of the journey. And sometimes we just have to say, God is God. And I'm not. And no matter what happens in 2022, I'm recognizing that my cry for help is a confidence not in the outcome but as a confidence in the Lord. It's a confidence that my Father is always watching, that His presence is always beside me, that His presence is always drawing me to His future. So we're reminded of this prayer help. Although the desired outcome is never promised, the divine presence always is. I'm gonna say that one more time because it might be that you hear somebody at some point say that something is promised to you, that if you pray hard enough, that if you have enough faith, that if you're able to like, you know, say the right words, or if you're able to materialize it on your own, that you're gonna be able to do something, well, listen, they're not listening to the Bible. Because we come to the Bible, I don't want us to be, feel ashamed because we don't have enough faith to be able to do something. I want us to feel confident, to say, I know that God can do it, but regardless of the outcome, because the outcome is never promised, the divine presence always is. And that we would recognize we're people of the presence. We're people of the promise of his presence. And that as we pursue him, that we can't help but have faith and trust. And so I wanna encourage us in a few ways, you can stand with me, in a few ways. The first one is this. The first one is take the mask off. The mask that says you gotta show up to church and you gotta make it look like you have it all together. The mask that says that you are what you do and so you go to your job and you do really well and you make a lot of money or whatever that might be. The mask that, that shows up to a space and says, well, I am my job to take off that mask. To take off the mask of everything's going well. And to just simply say, I can be real because God's real with me. Because I can handle it for us to be a church that we don't simply show up and, and face our eyes forward the whole time without looking around and saying, who can I intercede for? Who can I intercede on behalf of? Who do I need to carry the burden of? Because they're working through something right now. They need somebody to come alongside of them, to put a hand on them, to pray for them, to not pray a simple prayer, but to, to say, Lord, help when we don't understand. Help when we're not sure. Help when we don't know the outcome 
and allow your presence to walk alongside of us. Allow us to be a church of those who intercede on behalf of others. And so I wanna pray um, for us a prayer of help. So I'd love if every one of us would close our eyes and, and um, if you're in the place right now where you're saying, listen, I need help already. It's 2022. Maybe I thought that it was gonna be different than 2021, but maybe some of those, those shadows that followed you came all the way into 2022 with you. Maybe already there's something in 2022 that you're dealing with, that you're battling with, that you're struggling through. If that's you right now, it's just, I would love for you to raise a hand and just be honest before us. Just be honest and say, listen, there's something in my life that I just need the divine presence to show up in, that I need to trust him in, that I need to believe in his divine presence. Okay, you can put your hands down. Lord, help. Help. Lord, I hold in my heart before you. I hold in your presence every person who just raised their hand. I hold before you your sons and daughters, your sons and daughters who are struggling with anxiety, your sons and daughters who are struggling, wondering how you're going to come through with health your sons and daughters who have gone astray for a little while and felt like maybe there's a different way, but are now saying, man, I need to come back because I'm realizing that there is no place like being before the Lord. And I lift them before you. And we just say help. Lord, we ask that your presence would guide and would go before that we would trust you and that we would say God wherever you go I'll go wherever you stay I stay I want to be in your presence I want to recognize and realize that there isn't a guaranteed outcome in all of this and we don't understand that but there is a promise of your presence and so, Lord, allow us to be a people of your presence. May you return to us a spirit of prayer that we would recognize that something happens in this spiritual realm when we pray for those that need to know you. When we pray for those who are struggling, that something happens as we bring them before the throne of grace, that over and over again throughout scripture, we see that intercession does something, that we see that Moses intercedes for the nation of Israel. God, we see that Jesus intercedes for us. And so allow us to be a kingdom of priests who intercede on behalf of one another that would say, I'm willing to stand in the gap. I'm willing to bring my brothers and sisters before you. I'm willing to say, Lord, do what only you can do because our hands can't do anymore. And so in this moment, would you do one thing for me? Would you in one hand close it and the other hand open it and hold it before the Lord? Lord, with our closed hand, may we never let go of you. May we be people who cling to you, who say, Lord, no matter what, we are chasing you down. And may our hand always be clenched around our God and Savior. And Lord, in our other hand that is open, may we hold open-handedly all the things, all the concerns, all the anxiety, all the fear. May we hold them before you and may you take our burden.
because we know that Jesus says, come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest for your souls. And so we give that to you. We give this before you. And we ask all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen.